0: And now it's time to check in on the state of science. This is for WWNO, St. Louis Public Radio Iowa Public Radio News, local science stories of national significance. The Gulf of Maine is a complex aquatic ecosystem. It stretches from the coast of Massachusetts up to New Brunswick and Nova Scotia. It's home to everything from lobsters and scallops to whales. Like many aquatic ecosystems, the Gulf of Maine is changing. New research shows the teeny tiny phytoplankton in the Gulf of Maine are in decline. So what could this mean for the Gulf's food web? Joining me to talk about it is my guest, Murray Carpenter, climate reporter for Maine Public, based in Portland, Maine. Welcome to Science Friday.
1: Hi, thanks for having me on.
0: So explain to me why phytoplankton are just so important in
1: the Gulf of Maine. Phytoplankton, uh, like plants on land, they absorb carbon dioxide and use photosynthesis to grow. And then these little phytoplankton in turn feed everything from zooplankton to clams and fish. And so everything in the Gulf of Maine depends on them, from lobsters to right whales to bluefin tuna. Some oceanographers even like to say all fish are diatoms. And Barney Balch of the Bigelow Laboratory for Ocean Science in East Booth Bay, Maine, put it in simple terms.
0: The part that is the most disconcerting is, you know, this is these are the microscopic plants that you can't see with the naked eye yet they are the bottom of the marine food web on which all life in the sea depends. So phytoplankton, you know, as that clip said, they are kind of this building block that the rest of the food web is built atop of, but they are very 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 small. So how do researchers actually measure how robust this
1: population is? They've been pretty creative about this. Uh, The Bigelow Lab is a a nonprofit that's on the coast of, of Maine, and they've been doing research on the Gulf of Maine for a long time. They're named after the pioneering oceanographer Henry Bigelow. The Bigelow researchers noticed that a ferry between Portland, Maine, and Yarmouth, Nova Scotia was crossing the Gulf of Maine regularly at a very strategic location. So they began taking water samples from the ferry, Then they went one step further and they built a bona fide sampling lab that they could actually mount on a flatbed truck. And they would just drive this truck right onto the ferry and use it as a mobile sampling lab.
0: So they kind of created this on-the-go laboratory.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what it is. But the ferry service hasn't been continuous. You know, some years it doesn't operate at all. So sometimes they've used private research vessels along the same transect, you know, taking samples. And sometimes they use autonomous glider. It's basically a sampling robot. It's uh, like six feet long, bright yellow. And it it looks like a torpedo with wings. And they just send that across to get samples in the Gulf of Maine when the ferry's not running. And all together with the, the robot and the ferry and, you know, the private research trips, they've done hundreds of trips over 25 years. And they've gathered this data together in what they call the Gulf of Maine North Atlantic Time Series. And and there's yet another variable here. They sync these trips up with NASA satellites that take photos of the water as they pass overhead. So this allows them to correlate their observations on the water with the colors observed from the satellite. And Bigelow researcher Catherine Mitchell told me the color of the water reveals more than you might think. It's a mix of all these different things. There's the phytoplankton in there. There's sediments in there. There's this dissolved... Um, humic tea-like materials from the land, that was the forest and the trees and the grass that have kind of that are in there, and they're all mixed in together to give it that that overall color that we're seeing.
0: So, twenty five years of a lot of data. How have these scientists seen the ecosystem change over that period
1: of time? One huge change is that the phytoplankton populations have declined dramatically. Uh, Balch and Mitchell published a paper last year, and it showed that phytoplankton in the Gulf of Maine declined 65 percent between 2001 and 2018.
0: Wow. I mean, is, is this because of the usual culprit, climate change, or is there something else going on here?
1: Yeah, climate's playing a huge role, but the researchers were clear that it's, it's really complicated. For starters, the Gulf of Maine is warming really fast. Uh, research from the Gulf of Maine Research Institute shows the water's now nearly four degrees Fahrenheit warmer than it was as recently as, like, between 2001 and 2018. wow. They say it's warming faster than 99% of the world's oceans. And on top of that, heavier precipitation some years is sending more fresh water into the Gulf. And that does two things. One, the water's a bit murkier, and this actually blocks the sunlight from the phytoplankton. But the other thing it does is it stratifies the water. I mean, Bulch put it to me like it's like unmixed salad dressing. So you have the the less dense, fresher water on top and the denser, saltier water beneath. And this prevents the kind of mixing that would allow the nutrients to come up from the bottom and reach the phytoplankton towards the top. So there's a lot going on there.
0: So a lot of changes happening in the Gulf of Maine. What could the future look like?
1: Well, the researchers were very careful to to not really predict exactly what it might look like. But they do say the trends, you know, are pretty ominous in a way, because the the warming trend is predicted to continue. And with the warming, we're seeing these declines in phytoplankton. But as Barney Balch told me, he, he really hopes he's wrong about this.
0: That's all the time that we have for now. I would like to thank my guest, Murray Carpenter, climate reporter for Maine Public, based in Portland, Maine. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Kathleen.